You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, it's Kat and Stefania. You're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Today we have a conversation you guys are going to love. We're talking to Megan Wallace-James. She's a Los Angeles-based feng shui consultant who has designed a modern take on the practice. She was intuitively guided towards feng shui years ago when she was going through some renovations on her home and something just didn't feel right. She was doing more and more research on feng shui at the time, and through making small changes in her home, her life quickly moved into alignment, and that resulted in some big changes in her life. That's what led her to this work, and she's going to share that with us today. So Kat, I first heard about Megan because I heard her on a podcast probably about a year ago, and she was talking about how to set up your home room by room for different things that you might be calling in. And some of the things that really stuck with me were what she shared about how to set up your workspace for optimal creativity. And I started incorporating those things right away and have always had her in my mind as someone I'd love to get on the podcast. And so I'm so glad that we were able to get her on and have this conversation. Yeah, I absolutely loved talking to her. She shared so much insight. I was really inspired to make a lot of changes after our conversation. Well, I feel like when we scheduled her to come on, because I kind of had taken the lead on it, having known her work before, you were kind of skeptical and you were like, why are we having a feng shui conversation? What is this? And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, just wait. You're going Mm -hmm. to love her. She's so good. And then I feel like that did happen after you listen. Yeah. It kind of sounds abstract if you're just talking about feng shui. It's like this abstract thing that was done in the East, but really she really brings it down to earth and talks about how you can actually position things in your physical world to create energy flow that reflects back to you in a way that can call in different things into your life or just set you up to Mm -hmm. have more flow and to be in alignment. So what was the biggest kind of aha for you or the thing that you are going to change based on her guidance? I think the most surprising thing for me was the part about mirror placement. So especially in the bedroom. So she talks about being practical about it. So if a mirror is reflecting back something that you don't want to see, like a dirty laundry basket or an unmade bed, then consider changing that, the placement of the mirror, because that's not necessarily something that you want reflected back to you. In the bedroom specifically, I have these big mirrors that are on the closet doors in my bedroom. So I was curious to know what, and it's basically reflects back the bed. 
And she said that if you're calling in love, that can be really good because when you're looking at the mirror, it doubles the people in the bed. So when you're calling in love, that can be really good. But when you're in a relationship, it could sometimes mean infidelity. She said that she hasn't experienced that with any of her clients, but I found that really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that it kind of goes to the broader message with the mirrors, which is to the extent that you can control and manipulate the placement, Mm -hmm. whatever is in that mirror is what's going to be reflecting back more of Mm -hmm. that to you or in your life. And I thought that was interesting. She goes in much more detail than we are. So we'll let her take that one. One of the other ones that she talked about was the power position of important pieces of furniture like your bed or your desk and how you can place those so that you are in a power position and you're calling in abundance and operating in your power through the placement of those things. So I really like that and all of the guidance that she had around how to set up your workspace, which was originally the thing that got me kind of hooked on her work at the beginning. So did you change anything based off the conversation? Well, some of the things were bigger things that I'm definitely kind of mapping out now, but one of the smaller things that I have changed since the conversation is something really simple that I think a lot of us have, which is a cracked phone screen or screen protector. So my screen protector on my phone has been cracked. And she said that if your screen is cracked or screen protector is cracked, and every time you look down at your phone, at your messages coming in, they're coming in through cracks and broken almost, then they're not coming through in sort of that fresh and pure way. And I even thought of that from a psychological perspective, feng shui aside, if every time you're looking at your phone messages coming through, they're coming through cracks, in some way, even subconsciously, you have some level of distraction Mm -hmm. visually in looking at those cracks and those breaks as well. And so that made total sense to me. And I just took it right off after that. Yeah, all your conversations are broken. Everything is broken because you're looking through it. Since the conversation, I've been thinking about it like intuitively, how am I feeling about this room that I'm in? Or like, how am I feeling about the placement of, like I was just telling you before, I have a, in my laundry room, it's kind of a bigger room, but I have all my garbage cans there as well. (laughs) Like my regular one and then the recycling. And I don't feel like that's, probably the best place for them, but I don't know where else to put it. But I think just like we were talking about earlier, just having that, something just doesn't feel right. Like it's supposed to be with fresh laundry and now there's garbage here, even though the room is big, just doesn't feel right. So I think that's how I'm going to go about this. Like what feels, you know, what doesn't feel right in, in each room and what can I do to make a change? Yeah. And even you bring that up, but garbage placement is a big one as well. And so I'll give away one of the things that she talks about with the workspace, which is something that I've shared before through our content. But one of the things that, especially when we were in offices before, I feel like a lot of us have, is a garbage under the desk. And if you think about energy flow, and a lot of this is based on energy flow, if you have your garbage under your desk, you're kind of bringing this energy, your energy down. And it almost kind of represents that your creativity or ideas are like flowing into the trash. Mm-hmm. And so not having a garbage anywhere near your workspace or anywhere where you're being creative or want to um, express that part of yourself is important and can create shifts mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I remember it, yeah. it, when... 
back in the day when we were in offices, it would be like, there's like literally a little garbage can next to everyone's desk. You remember that? Yeah. All right. Before we get into the conversation, Stefania, are are you using any new products, doing any new practices? What's happening? Yes. Well, I do have a new product to share this week. So you guys know I'm really obsessed with adaptogens. I love putting them in my coffee in the morning. They've been life-changing for me. I've been using the Goldmine Adaptogen Blend because I really like that it has reishi and a bunch of other ones that are good for mental clarity and brain health. But I find that putting reishi in my coffee really helps me remain calm and balanced and not have the kind of caffeine jitters. But I ran out of it and I wanted to try a new brand. So I just ordered the Four Sigmatic Adaptogen Blend, which also has reishi, but has a bunch of other things as well. And some of the things that weren't on the Goldmine one that I was using. So I'm so, so excited. Before we started recording, Kat, you and I started geeking out on (laughs) these adaptogens. So I will keep everyone posted on how this one is compared to the Goldmine, but I'm really, really excited about it. It's the most exciting purchase I've made in a while. And then in terms of practices, I'm actually taking a little bit of a break from working out right now because I injured myself going way too hard with my ankle weights, but it's been really nice actually because our friend Jen is visiting me right now and Mm -hmm. I have been getting to spend a lot of time with her. She actually is right here and she has a workout practice that she said that she can share. I want to be there in person with you. Hi, everyone. Very excited to be on the Vera podcast. Uh, One of my workout tips uh, for everyone listening is having a accountability buddy and tracking all of your workouts in a Google Doc. So a very good friend of mine has been, we have been tracking our workouts in a Google Doc, a shared doc that's color-coded when I work out by myself, when we work out together, we put mindfulness practices into the Google Doc as well. Mm. And it's a shared Google Doc that keeps us accountable. We cross out and strike through the workouts that we did. We edit it in advance so that we plan ahead and we plan our workouts as though it's a meeting on the calendar and it's really cool. We've been doing it for six years. Every single workout (laughs) is documented in this Google Doc and definitely give it a go. Check it out. Let us know if this works for you. But certainly when it comes to accountability and working out and having that buddy, it is something that I have found to be incredibly motivating. I love that. I absolutely love that. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) That actually just reminded me of something, Jen, that you may actually even want to add to this. So when I was at Uber, a group of us did a similar kind of accountability tracking in Google. And one of the things we would also do is we would, each person in there would put down how many days out of the week they wanted to work out. Like everyone had a different goal. So everyone would say, this is my goal. And then you would track what workout you did and how many times you worked out that week. And ever we would all check every morning. And then if anyone was behind, we would send inspiring messages as comments on the Google Doc. So we'd be like, oh my God, Jen, you can totally do this. You got this. You can do a two a day Friday and still meet your goal. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going to crush this. <laughs> and so we would leave comments on it if we were getting behind. Yeah. She's nodding. Love this. This We only have one mic and headphones set up, so she's transitioned away. Um, Uh, Yeah. This is so motivational. We used to do that at BuzzFeed too. Remember we would have those, the big Google doc holding everyone accountable. Yeah. And then we would actually do workouts in the office and get everyone motivated for that 3 p.m. slump. We should get back on that. 
Maybe yeah. we can start a Google Doc with ourselves. Yeah. Well, we used to do the power pose together too. Maybe we could do the power yeah. pose on Instagram and do a little yes. video of it. Okay. So look out for the power pose coming on Instagram. We won't tell you any more about it, but it's really good. Okay. So let's get into this episode with Megan. So, cause we cover a lot in this episode, but it's so, so good. You're going to come away with things big and small that you can shift right now to create better energy, call things into your life, get yourself on track. I love this conversation with Megan and she's actually just a fabulous person as well. All right. Well, we talked to Megan about what feng shui is, her interesting story and how she got into all of this. Small tweaks you can make to your home that will help you put your life in more alignment what to do with mirrors, and why it's important to strategically place them in your home. We talk about how to set up your bedroom for calling in love and improving your relationship. We talk about something she calls the line of sight or line of vision. What are you seeing in your line of sight when you're walking from one space to another in your most high traffic areas of your home? And like I said, something that really excites me, how to set up the ultimate work from home space. We'd love to start out hearing from you, Megan. What exactly is feng shui? Where did it come from? How does it work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from my understanding, feng shui is somewhere between four and 5,000 years old. And it originated in China as what I believe was an agrarian way to interact with your land and to kind of work in harmony with the earth, work in harmony with nature, as well as in harmony with our human nature. And, you know, where it began and where it is today, I always say are likely light years apart. But it's just really this underlying philosophy of respect and harmony mm. and alignment and activation. How did you get into this work? Well, we were renovating. Um, my ex-husband and I were renovating an old home, um, actually four doors down from where I'm living now. And new to town, new to the home, renovations going really quickly. I started having flashbacks to my childhood and I was raised in a never ending Victorian renovation. <laughs> and it was pure chaos. Uh, two working parents, four kids. I was the eldest. And then here I was, I don't know, a decade or so later from leaving that home. And I'm a mom and I'm in this old house and it's chaos. And I just kind of asked a rhetorical question. Like there's got to be a map for where things go and why. Like mm -hmm. there has to be something. And then as so often happens, when you're beginning on a spiritual path, the answers reveal themselves. And the answer revealed itself through a teacher of mine circling a book on her reading list and being like, get this book. And it was a book about feng shui. And it just was like, oh my God, here's the mm -hmm. answer. It was my engineering and my fashion design kind of had this keystone of a left brain, right brain science, which is also an art form. So it kind of checked all my boxes. And that was the starting point. Beautiful. What were some of the ways that you saw or felt the impact of making some changes based on feng shui when you first did? Uh, well, uh, 
divorce uh, was, I guess, the fastest Mm -hmm. one. I mean, I don't want to scare people, but there's something about when you put your life in alignment. Mm. I think we get what we need, maybe, which is different than what we think we want. I found that feng shui is almost this cosmic fast forward button Mm. where we fast forward through our shit to get to our treasures. And so I had known the marriage wasn't super steady. I had known the move didn't feel right. The way we were going about the renovation, I just saw, you know what? We're very different people. We don't have a foundation, but I'm pregnant with our second kid. So, you know, what do you do? And so I really felt like as I started to embed alignment into my life, my life caught up with where I was supposed to be. Now we're very amicable co-parents. We've kind of come full circle. I have a whole theory on closing time loops. I'm back to the neighborhood. You know, it's, we're deep into, you know, homeschooling our children together. And so it's beautiful in hindsight, but it was really painful going through it. Even if you know something's what you need, doesn't mean you like the medicine. And so feng shui became this very tactile tool I could use as I was, you know, I left the marital home. We shared custody, but two little babies, LA, I was new to town new to single motherhood. So it just became this way I could calm my system and have that calm reflected back to me. And then also I'm a geek. It was like the craziest, coolest hobby to like move your stuff around and have, you know, lovers pop up and job opportunities and the kids would change and my eating habits would change. And I just, I mean, I never learned it to share it. It just was going to be my like secret. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's so, um, it's so incredible that you were able to make the changes that you needed from having your life be in more alignment. Could you share like one example of maybe one of the changes that you made in your, in your home at that point to get you in that alignment? Yes, actually I'm finishing up my book proposal. Finally, it's been like something I've wanted to do. And I think this is feng shui overall. It's like, Sometimes we lead with what we think is the right thing to do. And we don't really tune into like the way our intuition or our body wants us to do it. And I think that's a lot of what was so healing for me at that time where there was like maybe things that I should be doing. And I just kind of listened to what I wanted to do and I would set the home up that way. And I left the marriage with very little. So I'm talking about like a bed, a couch, a crib, a high chair and some plants, but based on what I would do, it would feel really different. I think a more tangible example, I had a client text me yesterday. She has a big mirror in her bedroom and she was like, this mirror bugs me. And I was like, it bugs me too. I told you not to move with it. It's too much energy for a small space. And the way it was positioned wasn't directly across from her bed but it was catching all of this beautiful light and then reflecting it out of their bedroom, out through the back door. So I said to her, like, what's going on with you and your boyfriend? And it's a tough time to be a couple and be working from home. And she was like, yeah, like, mm, you know, nothing, no big sparks right now. It's kind of a weird moment. Not bad, but just not like hot. So I said, what if you take the mirror, you're insistent upon keeping it, that's fine. Put it in the closets then it'll bring some light into the closet. It's a nice big closet. You use the mirror when you get dressed anyway. So a huge part of my modality is just being really pragmatic. You use the mirror near the closet. So put it, you know, in the closet. 
And I said, I bet in some weird way, because her boyfriend's stuff was all over the closet. I said, I bet when he sees his clutter doubled, he's going to be like, hey, babe, like I'm ready to get on the same page with you. She's super organized. Two hours later, she texts me, oh my God, he just sat down with me. He wants to get on, he wants to build shelves in the garage. He wants to move out his stuff, you know, move out. It's a whole long story, but I just think that's a really cool example of we don't have to wait. We can feel it right away and it just starts to shift. And he didn't know she was texting with her feng shui consultant about the mirror. Like, and he still got the downloads. So. Wow. Wow. Can we talk a little bit about the mirrors and mirror placement? I think I had yes. read or heard something that you had said where you shared something along the lines of have the mirror reflect the thing that you want to. I don't know, see more of, can you talk a little bit about mirror placement and the philosophy behind how we might want to think about that? Absolutely. So I'll just say a disclaimer, like um, there's a million different schools of thought with feng shui. This is just one woman's interpretation of it. I work really hard to unpack a lot of the superstition from it. So if you Mm -hmm. Google feng shui and mirror, you'll like never want a mirror in your house again. But (laughs) what I've found is that Mirrors either need to be really useful and or double something lovely. So you need a mirror in the bathroom. It might reflect your toilet because that's the way your bathroom is laid out. Mm -hmm. But if you're just using a mirror as a design element, you want to use it to expand the feeling of space, reflect a beautiful view from the window, play with light. Light and energy are really, when you're starting to learn feng shui and you're in envisioning like energy flowing through a room, you can play with light. Light goes in a stream, right? We can't see the energy moving around us, but we can see sunbeams. So when you put a mirror before you even hang it on a wall, if you put it against a wall and you feel that opening, you feel that light doubling, you love the view, that's a good indication that that would be a great place to hang a mirror. You just want to use it to double the goodness Mm -hmm. and to be additive Mirrors are funny. I found a lot of people just end up with mirrors and they're like, well, I have it. So I put it here, but then we're doubling the laundry hamper or we're doubling like dishes in the, in the sink. And that's not additive to me. So I'd rather just have that like nice empty wall there than doubling that. And there's a lot of superstition over mirrors in the bedroom. Okay. So have you guys heard any of this? I don't know any superstition over mirrors in the bedroom. The only superstition I know that I don't know if it has anything to do with feng shui is the bad luck of breaking the mirror. Yeah. yeah. I do have a big mirror in my bedroom, so I'm curious to see what this is, but it's a built-in one. Like it's, yes. it's on the, the on closet. The door. Yeah, on the door. So I'd be curious to see what you think about that. And I also have a question, maybe we can get to in the answer yeah. to this question, where I have this little small um, personal little case with like a little vanity in it and the mirror uh-huh. inside of it broke, but I love the little case. So I kept it. But every time I open it, I'm like, this is horrible. This mirror is broken. It's, you know, a little travel case. And so I wonder, totally. is the, which, should I get rid of it? <laughs> I have answers for all of these questions. Okay. I, I always have a lot of answers. One I just want to say that your little example of lifting the mirror up and seeing the crack, I get all over people when their cell phone screens are cracked. I'm like, everything you're looking through is broken. Like all of those conversations, all of those text messages, all of those pictures, Yes, go get it repaired. And a lot of times if you ask, I mean, we get into these horrible cellular commitments with phone companies. 
I just will sometimes ask like, is this covered? I don't even know what we're paying for each month. Right. And a lot of times (laughs) it's covered. So everyone out there, fix your mobile screens. You could take that to a little mirror shop and have it replaced. It's just like cutting a little piece of glass. I think that would be wonderful and it would honor, you know, the possession and it might shift something else in your life. But mirrors in the bedroom, I talk about space, style, and sex. Mirrors in the bedroom are really great for a sense of space. They're great for your sex life, if that's something you're into. But what they can do is really bounce our own stuff back at us. So if you can see the mirror from when you're in bed, and you can feel it, just trust your body with feng shui. Don't get into your head. Don't get into rules, but just be like, is that a lot of energy bouncing back at me? You know how I was just saying like light and energy are almost the same thing. If it's like reflecting that morning sun really aggressively in your face, like think about all the work we do at night when we're dreaming and sleeping to clean out our heads. And is if all of that's kind of doubling and coming back at you, and then there's a whole school of thought that says mirrors in the bedroom, double the people in the bed, which might be great if you're single and want a partner, but if you're in a loving relationship, might indicate infidelity. I've never experienced that with any of my clients, but I just, I like bedrooms super, super sexy and zen. And so I will often have people who have a movable mirror or have something built in like you, Catherine, play around with covering it or moving it out of their line of sight. Mm. And so like my lover has this big mirror and he'll like, when I go over and the mirrors in the bedroom, I know like he's looking to have some sexy time. And I know if the (laughs) mirror's tucked over by his closet out of the way of the bed, then like, you know, we're just chilling. So it becomes also this, I don't know. Does that answer any of that or was that? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. It makes a lot of sense. I'm going to, I'm going to experiment with it. Drape like a beautiful soft um, Mm -hmm. shawl or something over it and just see if that tones down the, you know, we want bedrooms to feel so zen, Mm -hmm. especially now when we don't have a lot of work-life balance, you know, to come into the bedroom and just drop into, into relaxation. I'm thinking about what you said earlier, where you said that feng shui can help you. I, I don't know if these were the exact words that you used, but essentially be on the path you're meant to be on. And it's kind of can speed that up. And I've heard about feng shui used for calling in things as well. And maybe in this yes. way, it means the same thing, but essentially calling in abundance or calling in love or better relationships. We're on the subject of the bedroom now. Mm-hmm. Are there other things beyond what we've been talking about with the mirror in terms of furniture placement or things that we should have if we're thinking about those things in the bedroom? I mean, so many. I actually have a list for sale on my site called Sex, Truth, and Dare, and it's over 70 things you can do. About half of them are in the bedroom, half of them are in the rest of your home that completely stack the deck in terms of calling in a love affair. And what I think is so fascinating about feng shui, it's like, if you want to believe in it or not, it doesn't really matter because when we play with the visual metaphors in our life, subconsciously that impacts us. It just sends different subliminal messages to, you know, if we're having a date at the house, it's really just about you getting in tune with the optics. And if we have the aesthetics aligned, how would the energetics correspond? Mm Mm-hmm. 
But outside of all of the specifics of this list really walks you in through your home, all around the home. And it's really meant to just get the ball rolling for your own set of epiphanies. I believe that feng shui keeps people in intuitive alignment. Mm -hmm. So when we go through the work of harmonizing our spaces, we harmonize our minds. I've always considered myself quite intuitive, but I think I'm so addicted to my work because it keeps that intuition muscle so sharp. Therefore, I feel like I always know my next two steps. Therefore, it's a really wonderful tool for manifestation. Mm-hmm. If you know what to do next, but you stay really open to the big picture, you're going to call in really exciting new opportunities that might even break open your mind over what the limits that you have placed on the situation. So I won't work with a client to get this one guy to ask her out. I'll work with her to open her home for love. Mm -hmm. And that might Mm -hmm. knock her socks off in a million different ways. So it's kind of this non-specific highest good opening. Mm -hmm. When we pull all our life force back to us, when we're working in relationship with our home, that's physically so much larger than us, even if it's a small home. I just feel like it's this like beacon for alignment. I like how you talked about that in the context of the way I, I hear it is, you know, do the next step or next two steps that feel natural and good. And just by doing those things in alignment with yourself, the bigger stuff will come and you'll be open to that. And I think that that is a great reminder, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed, like a lot of us are, especially now that I I think about that a lot, like take the next easiest, most natural step toward the thing you want. And even if it's the smallest step, it's still part of that. I call it the low hanging fruit on my membership. We've been talking a lot about pruning lately because we're in a forced time of cutting back, cutting back our socialization. A lot of folks have lost their jobs, lost loved ones. Um, So like it or not, it's a time of cutting back wayward growth, maybe plans that we had before this pandemic that we now need to reassess and pivot in. And you know how this fits into all of this. It's like, we'll just do the next logical step. Don't overthink it. It could be as simple as cleaning off your desktop. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to another idea. It's going to lead to another idea. A lot of times this, I think people want feng shui to be the super complicated you know, you've got to put a crystal here and you've got to face in some lucky direction. And there's all these layers out there. And I'm like, what if you just do what feels good to your body, which makes sense. And even if it doesn't quite make sense why you're called to do something, like why you're called to go get a fresh set of sheets and, you know, go through your clothes and donate a bunch of stuff, like just do it. Because, I mean, I think that's what this is about. It's a process of being a human in the material world. Like, and there's all these layers of possession. You know, the first part of the feng shui map is called life path. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people will say that that has to do with career. I think it's really just about the bigger picture. And if you're in flow and intuitive flow, you're going to be on your path and your path is going to challenge you at times and reward you at other times. That's Mm -hmm. our human contract. Yeah. It just reminded me. I mean, it feels like sometimes when you just are getting pulled, like even you mentioned purchasing something like sheets, like you're just pulled into the store and you just 
are there. So yeah. I think that's a really easy way to remind everyone that it doesn't have to be super complicated. It can just be those little pulls that you get on a day-to-day basis. Yes. I'd love it if you could talk through some of the principles by room, like the do's and don'ts of feng shui in, in all of the areas of the home. Well, in the school of feng shui that I subscribe to more of a westernized model, I don't use astrological calculations and I don't use cardinal directions. I've studied that, but I found it was so easy and so empowering to go off of the true and intended front door of a either an apartment unit or a home because we all know where the front door is. And once you know where the front door is, you can orient yourself on the feng shui map. And, you know, we've got to get the energy inside our home before we can work with it or before we can play with it. So to use a love example, like if your address isn't marked or the buzzer to your building, you know, is, it has the wrong name on it and doesn't work. How is your date even supposed to find you to take you out to see if you guys are a good fit? Not that men in LA come pick people up for dinner that often, but (laughs) they should, and they do at times, but it's that idea of can the energy even find you? And a Mm. lot of times I'll tell people, don't go take some wacko training, just stroll through your neighborhood at dusk, look at the homes as you know the sun is fading and the night sky is rising. You'll get a very strong imprint of which homes are loved, what's going on. Does energy want to go there? You'll know like you'll see a different layer of things that you might not see during the day. But there's that old fashioned curb appeal of would good tidings want to come to my door? Mm-hmm. And I think it can be that simple to start. And for those listening who, you know, might have a family and they come through the garage a lot or the back door, that's fine too. Have some nice flow there. But then make sure that at least a couple times a week you're using your front door, you're letting that fresh energy in, you're aware of what's going on out there. You know, the porch light works, there's not big spider webs. Check your doorbell, you know, nice doormat. I really like people just to start there with the basics of turning on your detective eyes, walking through your own front door and being like, is this a good experience to come to this door and through this door? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then workspace. I think it's a semblance of work-life balance right now. Mm -hmm. Just knowing, trusting yourself that you know where in your home you like to work. And um, again, I really like to keep it simple. I think sometimes people think I'm like hiding some kind of juicy gold. It's just not, it's not like that. Now, when I'm one-on-one with someone, I can get really into the specifics of their lived experience in their homes. But overall, what I've been telling people during this, this time is just, you know, like where you work and at the end of the day, have a way where you can put a bow on it. Whether that's a private office, you can just shut the door put your papers away, shut the door. If it's the dining room table, um, if it's the kitchen counter and you're always working in the kitchen and you love working in the kitchen and you like to you know, look out the window at a lemon tree in your yard, clean out a kitchen cabinet or a drawer and just pop your stuff there. You know, Make it easy, put like items together. So make a little space where you can tuck your laptop, tuck your papers, put them away. And then you can you know, pour a glass of wine and make dinner and you're not spilling on things. It's common sense. But I think so often when we haven't been tuned into 
how we're using our home. Mm-hmm. It's just that pause to kind of stop, act as almost it's not even your home. You're helping a friend and be like, what would make more sense here? And get around your excuses of why you're just not going to take the hour to set it up to work for you. Mm. It's just a, a short reset. And I really encourage people that our homes are not static. They're going to have to evolve and change with us. So what we need for working at home right now might look different. I know my kids just went back to school, you know, so that changes the way we're, we're using the house and things like that. So just taking the time, blocking the time, set up what I call an elegant system, which is usually just a really commonsensical thing. I need a kitchen drawer for my laptop. So I'll move all the spatulas over here. Why do I have seven spatulas? I'll keep the two nice ones. You know, it's, it's just doing that. And if you do that every so often, at least like four times a year as the seasons are kind of changing, which is right around now, uh, it just gets easier. The home starts to run itself and you get these checks and balances, not only with work life, but with all the other elements of, you know, home is everything to us right now. So just keeping it clean and honest. Yeah. A couple of workspace things you had said previously that I remembered, and I wonder if you still kind of subscribe to this or if you feel like you've kind of evolved, were watching, which I have actually, not having a glass desk or covering a glass desk and um, not having the garbage near your workspace. I found those really helpful. And I wonder if you could talk about them for our audience a little bit now. Yes. No, thank you for reminding me. You know, a desk, a desk holds our ideas, right? Or holds our creativity. So there's a few things you can see. I have a solid wall behind me. This goes Mm -hmm. for any high use piece of furniture. So we're talking about bedroom shui and entrance shui, not walking in and seeing the back of a couch. So being in a power position is a wonderful way to start to play with energy. That just means that you have a nice solid wall behind you and you can see who's coming in through the door maybe not of the whole home, but of, um, I'm in my office. I could see who would come into the office. And then I have a chair across from me. I'm not shoved up against the wall, but I'm looking out. I'm taking control over the room. Therefore, I have room for uh, someone to sit across from me. So energetically, I'm more open for business. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have someone come sit across from me and have a meeting. And I'm just in control of the room it's almost like a sense of cellular safety. I feel like someone's not my kids. It's almost like the shining with all this quarantine. Instead of like twin (laughs) girls, I have these like redheaded boys who will just appear. (laughs) I'll be like writing and I'll look up and they're there, but at least like Mm -hmm. no one's sneaking up behind me. No one can Mm -hmm. see what I'm working on. It's not even that about that. Like we're adults, but it's that feeling that I'm safe to be myself. I'm in control, you know, the bed the same way. And then if our desk is associated with our ability to earn, our ability to create, we want it to be a high vibe piece of furniture to us. It doesn't have to be the best thing ever, but you know, if it's from a bad breakup or, you know, we're in a fight with our mom and it's our mom's old desk, like maybe we don't want to be using that piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. When you start to understand the feng shui map, you can be like, my office is in wisdom. It's an earth element. I want a desk that feels earthy. It's not going to be made of earth or, you know, creativity metal. You can start to stack the deck with that. But to your point of just not a porous surface, something that holds our ideas, a glass desk, you know, the energy, the light's going to just flow straight through. So if you feel like you're not, I had a client in New York City and her desk was right up against a window. 
Her back was to the door. Her kids were always sneaking up on her. And she just felt like she would have an amazing idea. But then before she knew it, she would read that somebody else had had that idea and started the company. And I said, yeah, babe, because your desk is up against the window overlooking the business district of Manhattan. Like you're sending your ideas out into the universe. Mm. What if you were, you know, pulled it back and and away and she had like a flute taped to the window from another feng shui person. I'm like, get rid of the flute and just like, you know, (laughs) back it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I have another client who had a ton of clutter in her office and she just, you know, did the the elbow grease of we repositioned the desk, a lot of different like layers of balancing the room for her. But she had all this clutter kind of below desk level and she was actually having some health issues in her reproductive area, kind of right where she was sitting by all of that clutter. She was feeling really sedentary. So we moved it all, moved the desk, put her in a power position And she's, um, I mean, it was only last month, but she's feeling much more like herself. She was able to go see her doctor, have the procedure, and she just loves being in her office now. And then, of course, no trash can under there because if, you know, all the ideas just going into the trash. Yeah. And a desk with, I mean, there's a million things. (laughs) This is why I make these lists. There's just so much. And all of them in isolation just feel kind of minute or perhaps silly, But when you make these little tweaks in tandem, that's where we get that exponential growth. And that's why I say, listen to yourself. It might not even feel connected yet. I talk about high-level pattern sorting. I talk about building puzzles. It's like, these are all pieces. And until you start to realize you're building the puzzle, the more you honor the impulse, the urge, the download, like you're gonna, another layer will reveal itself. And soon you'll be like, oh, I had no idea I was building this whole new business venture. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? When you look back and you're like, of course I have this podcast. I was prepaving it for years. I just never even connected the dots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have my desk right up against a wall and I moved it for mainly because of the lighting. And I just wasn't always in a bad mood when I was working. And then I moved it. So it was facing um, the light and facing the the room. And it made such a difference. And so what you just said reminded me of, of that. And just intuitively, I was like, there's just something not right with this, the position of this desk. Like being in a punishment, like you exactly. face the wall <laughs> yeah. do something amazing. So yeah. many kids work at the kitchen counter. And when I look in their mm-hmm. rooms, their desks are those built-ins right up against a wall yeah. with their back facing the door. So they're like, who would want to work like that? Yeah. What about if you're calling in specific things, like if you're calling in abundance and money, what would you recommend there? I also have a money list that's pretty action-packed of (laughs) 80 things. I spent, (laughs) I'm still doing it, years cracking the abundance code. And I guess to give some really tactile starting points, clean floors, Mm. polished wood, get the carpet steam cleaned, Carpets are also things people just end up with or just live with because they almost like disconnect. I'll be like, that's really gross. And they'll be like, (laughs) oh my God, it's really gross. Like, you know, you're just going autopilot if you're not shifting things. So I like old ancient rugs. I try to buy, I love like um, Art Deco rugs, 100 year old rugs, and nobody else wants this old stuff. So you can get really good deals on it, especially right now. I have a rug guy on La Brea and Six who's epic. And 
So grounded history and warmth on the floor, clean floors under the rug, nice rug, eco-friendly rug pad. Okay, got the floors done. It's what I call grounded warmth. And then a lovely sense of ambient light above. A lot of us renters have like weird, random nipple lights. You know, those- That's um, the worst. Or just something hideous. It's a very actually affordable thing to swap out a light fixture. You just have to find something, uh, find a a vintage one. I love to buy vintage. I love to try to be a conscious consumer and use what's out there. And the way they make products today versus the way they used to be made are, are very different. Have whoever you buy it from rewire it. And then any electrician, preferably licensed, but really anyone who knows anything about anything can just swap them out. And then can install a dimmer switch. So for the price of a light fixture and 20 minutes of an electrician's time, you have a whole like moody world. And then if you rent, I just say, you know, store the light fixture somewhere. So you can take your fun one with you. And I like to keep all this. I pull a ton of stuff out of my rentals and I just keep all that stuff together somewhere. Uh, Right now it's in my garage, but in an apartment, it was in a basement storage unit in like a nice waterproof trunk. So then just good energy about making changes. And then if, and when you want to fresh paint on the walls, I mean, this is a lot of stuff, but if you really want to do a big reset, start with the floors or start with the lights and, or start with the walls, maybe the trifecta if you want to, and if you need to do it anyways, but there's something about that, that creates such a magnetic pulse of energy It almost doesn't matter what else is in the room. And it's going to feel, I have this phrase that says emptiness is opulence. It's just like with a great rug and a great light fixture. And even if you don't need to paint, but just nice clean walls, use the magic eraser, you know, take that crooked piece of art and straighten it. Like you would want to almost just be in that empty room, like laying on the floor, like meditating, just chilling, reading magazines and letting those abundant thoughts come to you. Because I believe that abundance starts as ideas. And when we change something or when we ground ourselves or even that metaphor of a, of a light bulb idea, right? Even just changing out your light bulbs sometimes. So that's a lot of information. And there's so much that we could get into with abundance, the abundance zone of the house, even that front door is abundant energy. I mean, it's endless. And, and I think, again, starting where you want to start, starting with the floors or starting overhead, you know, that pulsation of anything is possible. I'm in a whole new world, but I'm still in my same old apartment. Yeah, that makes sense. Some of what you have been sharing and what you shared around positioning as well has me thinking about another question around, can we use some of these principles of feng shui and placement and positioning when we're not actually talking about our home or our own space, but we're in a space that's not our own. So once we are working in person again, for example, if we have a, an interview or important conversation, or maybe you know someone is having a date, where would they want to sit or position themselves? Or are there things that that someone can do. I know that for me, if I'm thinking about even a restaurant setting, sometimes there's a, I'm in a seat and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable here. Like I have to move or I'm not going to have a nice time. So I wonder your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I do this for a living, but I just zone out like everybody else sometimes. And I'll be like, I'm not comfortable here. I think it comes down to feeling safe. Yeah. 
and safe in a, um, not like walking down a dark street at night safe, but just like, you know, what's going on. Like nobody likes the bathroom seat on an airplane. Yeah. It's a lot of it's just, I guess to use, I have a lot of vocabulary. Line of sight is something I like people to really start to notice when they're, when they're learning how to use this work. It's like, what am I seeing? And how does that make me feel? When I'm walking from my front door to my bedroom and I'm single, what am I seeing on that small journey? Is that telling me that like love is possible, that this is a a lovely home, that I deserve the things I want? Or is it like I'm running into a trash can and a hamper and the kitchen knife block and a piece of art from my ex? You know, it's am I in a restaurant and I can see when the server's coming, I can see the beautiful, the view out the window. Uh, I'm not right by a door. Mm -hmm. The more in tune we get, the more in tune we get. It really does compound. So just, it's that phrase, detective eyes, like it's your life, but it's not your life. There's a little bit of a forced neutrality of what's going on here and how does it feel? I'm wondering, I know that you are someone that has a ton on your plate being a mother, having your own business. What do you do for your own self-care to balance it all? Well, I mean, it's this work. Um, I said before, I never meant to share it, but I found it to be like such a game changer and such a lifesaver. I'm um, a Libra Capricorn rising. It's all about beauty and order to me. And I love to touch it and feel it. It's my catharsis and it just keeps me really clear. It doesn't mean I like get really excited to, you know, go reorganize the bathroom, but sometimes I'm just like, I feel murky. I feel out of it. Like the words aren't flowing. I'm tired. Like what's, um, another phrase of mine are pockets of discord. Like what feels sticky around the house? What needs a refresh? And then in that moving meditation of, you know, going through my cosmetics and toiletries, my body's doing that, but my brain's off doing other stuff. And I'm like, I know the missing piece for that section of the book. It is really, I just, I'm waiting for the day I don't need, you know, I I read somewhere like you need the tool until you don't need the tool. Mm -hmm. I would love to be that evolved where I don't need to (laughs) be this hands-on. I'm just not there yet. It is so calming to me. And it's been really beautiful to, my sons are getting older. Um, my baby turned six this weekend. My other guy just Aww. turned eight and they use all of these practices. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice, it's what I do. I mean, I, I fit in a massage when, and if it's possible and a facial, mm-hmm. but this is my thing to keep myself not only intuitive, but also accountable. I, you know, it's like if we can keep our own side of the street clean, if we walk our walk and talk our talk, isn't that like the definition of calling in what you say you want anyways? Mm. I love that. This conversation is making me very inspired to do a lot of things in my space. And I can't wait. I see you both kind of looking. (laughs) I know. I was looking at my light bulb earlier. I was like, I probably need to change that. (laughs) I'm looking at my pathway from door to bathroom. And I used to be able to give workshops. Everybody's eyes would glaze over. And then I, at a certain point I learned that 
they were there, but they were really in their homes, like in their mind, like fuck, 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 fuck. And it's not about, um, it's not about like freaking yourself out. There's no right or wrong with any of this. It's just like, whenever you get into it, that's when you get into it. But what I think is cool is that I've been at this sharing professionally about two and a half years, sharing informally about five, almost all of my clients, like once they get this transmission, they're just so in tune with their space. They see things. And once you see things, you can't unsee them. Mm. And they make it their own. And I don't know, there's that initial freak out. And then there's the freak outs that always, I get them to, I'll wake up and I'll be like, everything's wrong, you know? And, yeah. But then I know I built the muscle that I can quote unquote, fix it for myself. I can make it feel great again. And I can calm down my emotional mm. body. And the byproduct is my house looks better. And the real ground gained is that I know what I need to do next to keep raising these kids and building this business and, you know, fitting in a little bit of weird pandemic social life to boot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so we know that, of course, you work with clients and you work one-on-one and you've talked about that a little bit. I saw that you also have some offerings that seem to be maybe a little bit more scaled or another option of working one-on-one. And you tell me if I'm understanding that correctly, um, including something called Room for More, which looked really interesting to me. (laughs) Can you talk about what that is? Sure. So we're talking right before the new website's supposed to be up. So hopefully it's up when this airs. I will have my private practice still. I will have these lists that I'm always adding to. Say lists, plural. It's the hardest thing to say. I'm going to have to come up with a different (laughs) header. These lists, my private practice, I'm going to launch a realm of the private practice that's um, red envelope based, meaning we'll hop on for 15 minutes and you, you Venmo me whatever you want just some, some energetic exchange. I really, I'm not okay with what's happening in our country, America. And I'm, I, um, my private practice is priced in a way that makes sense for me to share the way I share with my clients and follow up. But I want to have another option there where it's just quick. You could ask me about your light bulbs or your bedroom. We can connect, you can feel seen and held. And that's that. And then I have my membership which is almost the working title of, of my brand of feng shui. It's making room for more. The membership is called Room for More. It's really a like feng shui geeks of the world, club meets class, um, multimedia. I lecture, I write, we do Q and A's, we get on Zoom, we do like weird, crazy crafts together where we'll make personal ads for what we're calling in. It's just really a... Um, gorgeous, quite international community of people logging and sharing stories. I believe that storytelling is beyond medicinal. If we can share what's most personal, it's therefore most universal. It's also my, I don't train, I don't teach formally, but I do teach through this membership in terms of this is what I'm seeing. This is happening with my clients. What do you guys think of this? What And we'll do projects around the home all in tandem and then kind of track it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's your traditional membership, but it's definitely super cool. There's a member forum and a Q&A portal. So I just love it. I love sharing my work in, in the private practice and the membership. And 
And just letting it evolve. You guys are new to your podcast, right? It's like yeah. where you start, it's not going to be where it is in a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm so blessed that my clients are really patient with me and let me very broadly experiment and explore as I find the ways that I really want to share the work. And so that's what's going on there now, but who knows where it will go. I think we have to, I want to see more intuitive business owners out there. I I think that is really the wave of the future of march to the beat of your own drum be ethical be honest be open and have the freedom to change your mind whenever you want to because i think that's what's being asked of us right now Mm -hmm. i love that i i was just going to ask you and maybe you've answered it with with what you just shared being an entrepreneur who has grown a business in a relatively short amount of time i i actually was surprised when you said that the amount of time you've really been putting this out there mm-hmm. because you've grown so much and you have this wonderful offering. Is there anything else besides what you just shared that you would say as guidance or advice to someone who is looking to or has just started their own thing based on what you've learned or how you approach it? What would I say? I mean, I feel like I've been saying it this whole episode. It's like, do what you need to do to feel safe, Yeah, to have... You know, where feng shui really starts and where it absolutely started for me with that divorce with uh, the kids weren't even one in three was a coping mechanism. I needed to, I was swirling, I was spinning out, but rearranging houseplants, scrubbing floors, painting my closet lacquered black and pink, like none of it made any sense. And there's a lot of sunk costs with some of this work as a renter. (laughs) But it just kept pre-paving the next moves. And that's the same ethos I take to my business where I try to show up every day. It's not hard. I love my work. But I try to just, today, what would be the best way to follow up with that client? Today, what's the best way to greet my newest member? I want to write this week. I want to do this. I think I need to change my prices. I want to pull the lists offline. They don't feel right. I want Dan to redesign them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is going to be business advice. I don't know where this thing is going to go. Right now, I'm really called to share this book and see what happens and and share it as a tool of stories, but empowerment for people starting what I call beginning again. And I guess I just begin again all the time with this. And I'm not ashamed to put up a site, pull it down, change it. And I'm so lucky I attract in really like-minded souls who love the artistry and the journey. And we have like very affordable ways we can all be creating something we are super excited about. And I mean, (laughs) I would love it all to really work out, but I'm still very actively building it. So yeah. I love that. It goes back to the, you know, just starting with those little things, asking yourself every day, what, you know, how do I respond? And I think that with, you know, we can get so caught up and forget to ask ourselves because we know how to respond. And it doesn't really matter what other people say to a certain degree. I think it Mm -hmm. matters if you want to have an open door for your clients to be like, I'm so confused or this isn't working or what do you mean? But in terms of like, I don't really look at what a lot of, I post on Instagram just recently again, it's great, it's fun, but I don't really look at what else is going on. Not because I don't care, but just because I want to stay on my path. And I don't know. 
It's like you do you. That's all I want. That's why I want people to work with me just to feel more emboldened and empowered to live the life they want to live. And when they see the mirror of their home, it suits who they are, not what their mom wants them to do or what they think they need to do. Or I have so many, last thing I'll say is I have so many clients who I've taken the guest rooms out of their homes because they don't have big homes and they have this one room dedicated for guests who they hate hosting, (laughs) takes up all the space and they have a business. They need an office or they want to, you know, back in the day, like have private clients for yoga or something. It's like, you do you, do it with kindness. Kindness has a big personal boundary and like who really cares what um, someone says about it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to be mindful of time, but we would love if you could ask uh, answer our, our closing question that we ask all of our guests because this is this life explains it all. So, that question is: What life experience has been your greatest teacher? Oh, motherhood, hands down. <laughs> motherhood of two crazy boys. Yeah, no, um, it's been a journey. Yeah, I love them, but it's a journey. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. This really has been an inspiring conversation for me. Like I said, I am going to be making some changes. I'm definitely (laughs) going to check out your lists. So we'll link everything in the show notes for the episode, but do you want to just share um, a voiceover really quickly what the names of those things are and where people can find you? Well, my website is meganwallacejames.com, M-E-G-H-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-C-E James, like the man's name, everything's going to be on there. I can't even wait to see how it shakes out, but it'll, it'll be clearly marked. Uh, Clarity is the goal of the site redesign. So if it's not shame on me and um, I'm on Instagram at megan.wallace.james. And I now have a way I can text with people, which I'm loving. I think it's only working in the U S now, but it'll be expanding in my phone number is 917- Five four zero three one seven nine, and if you want to work with me, but you're not quite sure, you have a question, reach out. I hate email, but I love text. So amazing! Thank you so much. And like I said, we'll link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Megan. I have a lot of thinking to do and <laughs> potential changes to make, <laughs> but I'm excited. Well, let it be fun. You know, mm-hmm. like put on some music, mm-hmm. light some incense open a beer, like let it be an enjoyable process because I think that energy gets infused in underneath all of the heavy lifting. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.